How are you guys doing? Welcome over to the channel. I want to tell you guys right now, if you guys are new, do yourself a favor and hit that subscribe button. I'm telling you guys this for, for one reason, one reason only. You don't want to miss out on what's going on in Ukraine. It's ever-changing. If you guys want to be a supporter of the channel, all you have to do is click the little join button underneath the video, and it's also on the main screen on YouTube, like on my main homepage. You may not be able to see it on mobile devices, but it is on there. You guys will get videos early. You guys have a little icon next to your name, which is which is pretty cool, so I'll know who to respond to. It lets me sort through the comments and actually put those people first so I can respond to those comments and they pop up first on my feed especially live feed or and you get little emojis you can use anyway if you want to support the channel all you gotta do is click the join button down below do it a lot of these videos are not monetized i know a lot of you guys do know this a lot of them aren't monetized because of the stuff we talk about so it'll help me pay for a lot of stuff like my camera guy and editor and stuff like that so but thank you so much if you can't afford it no biggie it's fine all right, so we got red, Russia, blue, Ukraine. A lot is going to be going on over the next 24, 48, a week, two months, three months. Who knows how long this is going to go on over here, but I got some stuff for you guys today. We know what's going on. Red, Russia, blue, Ukraine. So here's pretty much just your quick little outlook on what's going on. If you guys are new, these are the maps that I make myself. I saw some people who are new to the channel who had no idea where I was getting or they had no idea where I was getting these maps. I make these myself, and I do that for one reason and one reason only. It is always up to date when I make the video. It's always perfectly up to date, so that's really crucial. So if you guys are actually wondering, the Taliban, uh, they've actually made their own naval exercises. It's one of those. If they're ever going to do them, this is the time. I've got some photos for you guys. Uh, they're coming out. I love it. I want to start these videos off with a little bit of humor, I guess you would say. They found themselves a solid vessel, and this vessel is actually the best thing to for any spearheading of elephant. They may have to actually do like a little, little you know, I don't know, in Afghanistan, you know, there's a lot of water there, uh, especially for a landlocked country. Oddly enough, this little raft actually floating a bit better than the, the Moscow, the, the Russian military. So there's that. There's my there's my good pun for the day. I guess I don't know if pun is the right way to the right way to put it. But if you ever thought for some reason this entire war was about the Russians trying to denazify Ukraine, don't worry. I have a video to share with you guys that is coming out of the Kyrgyzstan area. The Kyrgyzstan area. It's going to change your entire view on this thing. And uh, enjoy the sickle and hammer. So the United States Defense Intelligence have actually stated that they believe there's at least 22 Russian military battalions, uh, battalion tactical groups, that is, are being refitted and resupplied inside of Belarus. Now, this is kind of a big deal if you guys are thinking about it, because with those being inside of just north of Kiev, I, I, I don't know if they're there to maintain the Ukrainian element from like pushing more Eastern to help them, you know what I mean, to help their other forces on the Eastern Front, or if they're actually put, waiting to actually push them back through on this northern side of Ukraine. Anyway, no one really knows exactly what they're there for. It's not known whether these BTGs will want to be combat effective because right now they're actually not combat effective. They're combat ineffective. Will be transferred east to support the ongoing Russian offensive or will be remain inside of Belarus to possibly conduct a renewed operation in the northern side of Ukraine. I don't know. I personally believe these troops are being put into Belarus and they're, it's, it's, it's being known that they're actually there, I believe, for the purpose of keeping the Ukrainian element inside of the northern part of the country there. Because if they were to remove them, these troops then could actually push down from the north. I think they're just there kind of just to, to maintain a Ukrainian presence so they can actually push the troops east. So the Pentagon has also stated that Russia has added 11 more BTGs within Ukraine. All right, 11 more within Ukraine. And there are now 76 Russian BTGs in the Donbass region and in the southeastern side of Ukraine, which is up from 64. 
five BTGs. They've added multiple BTGs over the last 24 hours, by the way, which we'll talk about here in a second in a very specific part of the country. Now, if you don't know what a BTG is, it is roughly about 700 to 1,000 men. That's the best way to put it. So here's a video actually coming out of Gomal, which will show you that the buildup inside of this area in Gomal, for most of you guys who do not know, is going to be just north of Chernihiv. So here's that video for you guys. And the Pentagon has also just put out that they believe that the Russian military is at 75% of its strength, uh, its combat power from when it had first tried to invade Ukraine. Now, 75% is still pretty stout, but Russian propaganda videos are claiming to be coming out of Kharkiv. Now, these videos I'm about to show you are coming out of, they claim to be coming out of Kharkiv, but in fact, they're actually been geolocated back to Valyuki, which is about 160 kilometers away from Kharkiv. And here is that video for y'all. And for anybody who did not know or does not know where Valyuki is, here it is right there. I'm going to go ahead and circle it so you have an idea. All right, so it's right there. It's one of the areas that a lot of logistical hubs are going through. As you can see inside of that video, they meant for it to be coming out of Kharkiv. It's one of those kind of things that's like, oh, yes, we have a very large force here. We're actually moving more people. As you guys saw, that military convoy inside that video, and then the helicopters escorting them, so, and so, so on and so forth, that's actually coming out of Valyuki. And the reason why we were able to actually geolocate it is because within the video, you actually see a tall telephone tower and some buildings. Now, those have been those are actually been geolocated back to this area. So another one of those things to always keep note of, and that's why I like to to make these kind of videos to let everybody who, who may possibly had seen this video be like, oh my God, look, they are just taking over Kharkiv. Well, when in fact, it was filmed in Russia pretending like it was staged in Ukraine. So Russian forces have apparently illegally deported 40 thousand civilians out of Mariupol. I have no idea, by the way, how they plan on getting these people back or if they're even going to be able to um, or how they're even accounted for, honestly. And unfortunately, as sad as this is, people will most likely go through filtration camps, which I know they're going to. Uh, they always put these people through fil filtration camps. It's not really a concentration camp. It's actually, in a sense, it literally is a way for the, the Russians to sift through all the Ukrainians and to find out if they've been working for the Ukrainian government and or were part of law enforcement or military at any sort of time. Like they check, uh, they check tattoos, cell phone records, everything, cell phones. Like they go through every single bit of the person. And I would assume all males, so military ages, will be giving even less options on what they're going to be able to do with themselves. First was probably being forced to fight against Ukraine in the Russian military. I have seen this a few separate times being indicated that a lot of the people that are being pushed across the border, they're either going to be put into you into a camp, slave slaves like slave labor, they're going to be forced to build stuff for free. That's a real thing in Russia, and also. Uh, join a fight against the Ukrainians inside of Russia. So Russia seems actually getting closer to their goal of having a sovereign internet. If you guys do not know, that's a thing they've been talking about. Putin's tasked a, a gentleman named Dmitry Medvedev uh, with overseeing Russia's new technological sovereignty commission. The commission will actually be tasked with detaching Russia from the global internet and creating an independent Russian internet. An independent Russian internet. Oh my God. How do they, like, what is going on over there? Do they really want to be North Korea V2? Like, what are they thinking? They're going to be cut off completely from the entire world. It's just nuts to me. 
Anyway, if this next one is true, I believe, I believe it to be true, by the way, uh, Ukraine wanted to buy 200 martyr infantry fighting vehicles from Germany since March. They wanted to buy 200 of them. I've seen it multiple times, and Germany kept on saying, you know what, we got a reason why they can do it. I mean, multiple times they kept saying some stuff. They have dozen excuses why it's impossible to sell these things to actually to, to Ukraine. Uh, Germany has now offered to sell these things, these 200 martyr to, uh, vehicles, excuse me, to Greece for 100 million euros. So now they can sell them to Greece, but they can't sell them to Ukraine. I think it just has to do with the fact that they do not want to piss off Putin, which I don't really understand. Germany's a part, is part of NATO and all this. Like I don't, that's really confusing me. I hope they don't take the uh, choose the wrong side of history once again. That would be terrible. But the United States is actually set to deliver seven more flights of military aid from Ukraine into the region over the next 24 hours. The military aid will be offloaded to ground vehicles and then be delivered to Ukraine in another flight of U.S. weapons will be arriving today. So that's that's pretty significant. One flight today, seven more over the next 24 to 48 hours. So this is kind of a crazy thing. So China, yes, old China has actually signed a security pact with the Solomon Islands. So the Solomon Islands, which could include possibly giving China a military foothold in the South Pacific. There we go. There's a lot more going on. A lot of people said it was kind of goofy that I said talk about stirring the, the, the pot with a ladle. Well, you could, you could stir a pot with a ladle. Think about it. It's a pot and a big spoon, the son of a gun. You can just do this with it too, I guess. And then be stirring it pretty good too. It's kind of a weird way to stir a soup. But So we're going to go over to the maps now. A lot of you guys do like it. I love doing the maps. So Ukrainian forces have actually been taking advantage of the reduced Russian presence around Kharkiv and have actually been executing multiple successful counterattacks. So we know about this one that happened yesterday. We know they took back the two areas, uh, Basilovica, and just south of that is another town, Levzizov, whatever. I'm very sorry. My Ukrainian is pretty terrible. But here you go. Here's a more close-up map for you guys. There is a main route that actually goes around. And this area right now is still controlled by the Russian forces. I don't believe they're going to be pushing north. I don't. I think they're actually going to be pushing south. From the indications I'm clearly seeing, I think that's going to be the case. I think they're trying to cut off and get some of these main routes uh, that the Russians are utilizing for logistics. I think that's what they're going to do since they were so successful in the northern part of the country. And I believe this to be a thing because the, the Ukrainians have actually, they've been very fortunate because they've actually introduced three new brigades inside of this area. The 93rd Mechanized Brigade, which was out of Sumy, and the 127th and the 4th Tank Brigades have joined up inside of this area. And I do believe that's going to give them the ability to actually maneuver on some of these Russian elements. I don't know if it's a, a great tactic. The only thing I could see that could actually be beneficial for the, the, the Ukrainian military is the fact if they're able to cut off any one of these routes that will actually start. It's like, say they were able to cut off this main route right here. That, that could be a big deal because now you're going to leave the Russians with only two routes instead of three. I mean, you're going to have to bottleneck a lot of their stuff in. The Ukrainian military knows they're not using this route, say, per se. Just say they're not using it. Then they know that they can actually target the other route with artillery and UAV assets and just assets. They can actually push more assets to those other, those other routes. So the town of Kremlin has now officially been confirmed by Ukrainian forces to be occupied by the Russians. So we spoke about this yesterday, and it is 100% true. At the time, I said, hey, just was, was wait and get some confirmation, and we finally got it. And yes, this whole area, this other town, has been taken just north of Torsk. Torsk has been taken as well. So it has been indicated that the Russians have been moving out of Akermina and moving west, just like I had stated. And they have taken over this town and continue to push more western. Now, there's a big there's a big problem with that. Remember, we talked about the Ukrainian force that had actually pushed north out of Slovyansk. Now, that has 
has been indicated that they did hit some some stiff resistance and I had to actually retreat back. I don't exactly know where they're at, so I didn't want to change it. So we're just going to do this. So somewhere inside of this area, there's a Ukrainian force that's been pushing that or an element, excuse me, that had pushed northern. Now, with that being said, I know that there's a lot of Russian elements that are currently pushing out of the south side of Izium and have been and pushing towards Slovenask. There's 25,000 men inside of this area right now. That is confirmed. Okay, that is confirmed. Inside of this area, there's 25,000 of them right here. Now they're going to be pushing south towards Slovenask. Now, this element that's been pushing out of Kremina, they're going to be pushing more western the entire time. So while they're doing that, they might be able to cut off this northern a Ukrainian force that's been stuck up here inside of like, like I, I don't know, La La Land is the best way to put it. They, that's, not, that's not a good thing. That is actually terrible. Now, when you zoom out, we're going to be talking about this area for the most part. Now, I'm going to tell you guys right now, I, I believe the number is about 40%. 40% of all Ukrainians' military might is inside of this area. That one little box I just showed you guys. So keep note of that here in a second. We're going to talk about why. Russia's new offensive inside the Eastern Front actually seems to be going actually fairly well in the case that Ukrainian troops have had limited success at slowing the attack in the Russians are actually gaining a little bit of ground. It's not like a ton like they did at the very beginning, but they are gaining ground. I was telling you guys about 40% of Ukrainians' army combat power is currently at risk of being cut off from the rest of the country. I know me saying that is somewhat crazy, but I believe the Russians. I'm going to go ahead and clean this thing up. Remember that little box I just showed you guys here. I'll draw it up just one more time. All right, this area right here. We're just going to say that's the rough estimate. The Russians will attempt, I believe, to connect the element that is down near Izium. They're going to connect with this area that's actually down here near, uh, it's going to be a tough name for me. It's going to be a tough one for me. Savit Ladarsk. So I'm going to go ahead and, I know, crazy name. This area right here. So I'm going to go ahead and circle it. I'm actually going to do this. So now when I zoom out, you guys will know exactly where it's at. So that element, I believe, is going to connect on this main route is going to be their goal. I think the main route that goes all the way through, if they're able to do that, they will cut off 40%, 40% of all the, the Ukrainians' combat power inside of this area, Okay, which will be effectively doing the same thing that they did down in Mariupol. All right, I know this is kind of crazy to say, but the more that I see this, remember I told you guys that the Russians had a very large element here and a very large element here. Okay, Now, where else do they have a large element? Right here. I believe that's what they're trying to do. Now, I know this may sound crazy. I'm sitting here inside of my, my house here in America, and I'm kind of putting the pieces together. But anyway, I told you guys earlier in the episode about the BTGs in Ukraine was 76. Well, now the number is actually 78. Over the last 24 hours, they've added two more, and they've moved additional troops inside the Izium area, which are waiting to actually push forward on this new offensive. And that's what I'm talking about. They're pushing a lot of men inside of this area. And that's why you can see the Russians closing off this gap right here. They're closing off this gap. They're going to try to close off this gap too. Now what I'm saying, and I've said this multiple times about Slovenask, I think it's going to be very difficult for them to take. So this is not going to be a one day or two day thing. This is could be a one month, two month type ordeal. Now at the same time, if they take heavy, heavy casualties inside this area, they're going to have to move those men that are sitting up in Belarus, those 22 BTGs. They're going to have to shift them east. I believe that those ones are there just to maintain a Ukrainian presence in the north. So we're going to push a little bit south to Marinka. All right, so here it is right there. So there is Marinka right there. All this entire eastern front, I put little flames there just so you guys can see them. They have been absolutely shelled into oblivion, excuse me, over the last 12 to 24 hours. I mean, Russian 
uh, shelling has absolutely increased. Now, a Ukrainian counter strike has actually drove a Russian force completely out of the town of Marinka, which I just showed you, which was previously actually held. 25% of this town was held by Russians. So down here, they've actually done a counteroffensive and pushed them completely out of this town. So now they control 100% of this area, which is on the main border that, that originally has been here for the last eight years. So it has been noted that there's a large movement of Russian troops that have been spotted north moving out of Mariupol, and they're headed towards the town of Avikiv. I've always jacked this up. I have a video I'm going to show you guys, but I'll show you the route that they're pretty much taking. So they're coming out of Mariupol area, and they're taking this main route all the way through. And here's Avikiv right here. All right, so there that is. I'm going to go ahead and zoom in so you guys can see it. That's the area I am talking about. So this video you guys are seeing is of this uh, Russian element that's basically being a QRF element for the Russian forces moving over to this area. And the Russian forces have actually launched an assault on the town of Huliopol. So Huliopol has been hit multiple times over the last couple weeks. I mean, they've been doing probing attacks, the Russians, that is, over the last couple weeks in this town to try to find an area to push through. Now there's a large-scale offensive and assault that's actually being pushed on this area along with shelling. So another reason why they'd want it, routes. They want to get find a route to go north. Look at the route that comes out of here. Straight north. Look at that. It's great. There's a lot of routes going eastern and westernly, too. So Hulipol is a main city, and I actually have it annotated on here as being a decisive point of this conflict, one of the areas that needs to be controlled by either Russian or Ukrainian, and it's extremely important. So Ukrainian forces inside of, I guess, the resistance forces. Here's Tokmak right here. So there's Tokmak. We've talked about Tokmak a few separate times in the past. So Ukrainian resistance fighters inside of Tokmak were actually able to target and destroy 10 rail cars transporting ammunition to Russian forward positions with artillery. This is kind of a big deal. I don't know if they were using like artillery rounds as IEDs, which I would assume they could have been because it just said artillery, or they could have been actually shooting them, which to get kind of close, they don't really need to. There's a lot of little pockets, as you can see here, all the way through here, and it doesn't take a large scale uh, or large uh, assaulting element to actually push through. They could do this with like five men, like four men. It doesn't take very much, just enough to carry the amount of rounds. That's pretty much it. And, of course, rear security and stuff like that, but that's that's it. That's all it really takes. You can do this with a squad side element. No, no problem. No problem. So there was that. So Mario Pool, there's now credible intel, excuse me, along with photos like the ones you guys are currently seeing of Russian forces entering the last held area that's been controlled by Ukrainian forces down inside the city. Now, I believe it's going to take possibly a few separate days to clear this entire complex through the fact of how integrated. I mean, it's, it's crazy. This thing has like tunnel systems. I've, I've seen some videos of it. It, it. it reminds me, honestly, of something you'd see in Call of Duty. As bad as it may sound, like it's just a crazy steel plant. Just think about that. It is absolutely insane. But they've been they've been using long-range uh, strategic bombers on this, this area, and this is not a good thing because I believe what the Russians are going to do, and that's why you see them actually pull some of their men out of this area and start moving to the north, is the fact that they're going to use their, their special operators or soft units to actually push through clear areas and then just call in large... 
um, munitions on the area to basically shell them out. And there's actually been reports of explosions that were so big they were heard from 60 miles away, which of course is an indication that they're dropping very large conventional bombs and will continue to do so until the last people inside this area are surrendered and or killed. I believe that's the, I believe that's the way they're going to do it. I really do. I don't think the Russians are going to push forward with a ton of men. I believe they're going to come through, clear a little bit of an area, get a get a, a great coordinate, excuse me, and then drop bombs on them. I believe that's all they're going to do. I really, I really do. And the heavy munitions, and I believe uh, Mariupol might be lost within the next couple days. Like, honest to God. I know it sucks to say that out loud if you're on the Ukrainian side and you're listening. I'm sorry, but the truth is, I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't see how they can actually pull this one off or actually do anything. It's just, it's just, it's just they're in a bad, bad situation. But anyway, we're going to slide over to Mikolaev. All right, so here's Mikolaev. Let me get this little thing out of there. So here's Mikolaev. Now, a few weeks back, I showed you guys some footage of the government office that was inside of Make Live that was hit by some missiles. So I want to show you guys a video from inside of here and the extent of the damage that actually took place. And there hasn't been a lot of movement inside of here, inside this whole region in the last, I don't know, what, 10 days or so. Nothing's really changed in here. Everybody's pretty much just held their ground. But there is a counteroffensive going on currently. As you guys can see right here, I have annotated it going towards Kyrgyzstan. They have actually moved off this main route, this M14 route, which could be a good thing. We have noted that the Ukrainians are really good at setting up ambushes. And who knows? They might be wanting to set up and get some uh, clear some white space and try to push through to set up some ambushes on this M14 route so they can then push down towards Kyrgyzstan. I do think this is something they've been planning on doing. We've talked about this a few separate times. I don't think the Russians have enough large i don't think their element is large enough to actually maintain and hold this area off without reinforcements so i do hope you guys did enjoy this video i will see you guys tomorrow with another one there's a lot going on in ukraine other than that i am out guys enjoy yourselves